Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points.
hey everybody welcome to the show it's uh show six of 2015 and it is uh about u-hauls and judges that's what i'm calling this show tonight uh, if you are listening for the first time to the show, um, this is the Off Limits show. I'm doing the gay mass version of the Off Limits show tonight where we talk about gay stuff, all gay, gay all the time, gay action all the time. Anyway, uh, we're talking about whatever's on my mind tonight, um, but I have a couple things in mind, obviously. Um, before I get to that, if you want to know more about me, you can go to offlimitsshow.com. You can go to spreaker.com. You can go to iTunes and uh, subscribe to the podcast there. You can also listen on the website, as I said, offlimitshow.com. And on Facebook, we are there, as well as on um, Twitter. So be sure and check me out any place you can, and I'm happy to uh, have you as a listener. So thank you. So the first thing I'm talking about tonight is the fact that I had an accident today, a car accident. I was uh, driving to the doctor's office to get my like annual checkup where they do draw blood and check your cholesterol and your, you know, all that crap. And, um, I was literally like across the street from it when this happened. And I was, um, in a turn lane, the left turn lane, uh, you know, a turn lane to turn left onto another street. And, uh, there's two turn lanes and I was in the far right one and I was just going about my business. And then this U-Haul that had a, had a trailer on the back of it, like it was carrying a car or something behind. I can't remember what, um, it pulled in front of me in my lane and out of the out of their straight lane they pulled into my left turn lane and right in front of me and uh, scraped my car up on the front right side and pulled the front right bumper off of my beamer i was very fucking mad so so i um pulled over to the parking lot of my doctor's office got out and uh we exchanged information and all that stuff and then i went about my day <clears throat> but it, it was um you know disheartening fortunately it wasn't a lot of damage there was no like mechanical damage, it still drives, everything's fine mechanically, except the front right light is fucked up and the um, little washer that washes the front lights washed up, is fucked up. And there's scrapes all on the front right panel. And of course the bumper's cracked in half. So <laughs> so um, there'd probably be like $3,000 worth of damage, but fortunately I'm fully insured, so it won't cost me anything. Um, but anyway, that was fun. I had that and then I had my checkup for the year and um, I'll know the results of that, the blood work next week. So... That was a fun way to to start my day. Um, but I did that today. And then um, uh, there was um, news about uh, the upcoming um, the upcoming hearing on um, the Fifth Circuit Court uh, here in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas uh, in regards to gay marriage. And um, in, in Texas, um, there was a judge who ruled... Uh, in 2013, that the state's same-sex marriage bans were unconstitutional. Uh, actually, 2014, a year ago almost, he ruled that. His name was Judge uh, Orlando Garcia. And ever since then, the ruling has been on hold. And they put it on hold because Greg Abbott, the at the time, the attorney general who's now going to be our governor, ugh, he's a horrible person, by the way. He's like just as bad as... as um, as Perry, but in a wheelchair. Anyway, he's a horrible person. Um, he's uh, he put it on hold because he doesn't believe in gay marriage or whatever, just like most Texans don't and the Republicans that ruled the state. Um, and so he uh, has been on hold ever since then. And so now finally it's being forced to be 
the arguments for uh, the cases, the Texas cases are being heard, the Mississippi cases and the Louisiana cases are being heard tomorrow. Uh, and then after that, that happens, um, then they'll be able to make a decision on whether it's, it's, you know, constitutional or not. The only state that's ever said that it was constitutional was Louisiana. Um, there was a uh, Supreme Court, um, I think it was a district judge, not a Supreme Court justice, but as a district judge uh, upheld the state's refusal to recognize same-sex marriages performed legally in other states, saying that it was their right and it was some Christian bullshit. I don't know, as usual. So, <laughs> so it was uh, interesting that he was the only one that's actually come out and said that it's constitutional. Well, obviously, he was speaking from his own bias. And that's the problem I have with the justice system. I have a lot of problems with the justice system. I just really think it's it's completely rigged. But um, one of the things is 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 that people, you know, human beings are, are judges. They're not gods. They're human beings. And they have their own biases. They have their own, you know, um, religion or their own uh, lifestyle or whatever it might be. Uh, and so those things influence their decisions. So the trick is finding a judge, obviously, that is going to be uh, fair and uh, inequitable in their decision-making and not someone who is um, just ruling uh, with an iron fist and this is the way it's going to be because I say so and that's what I think, instead of looking at it from a legal perspective. And that's what they're required to do by law. But most of the time judges get away with it and, and they, they somehow say and that it's legally precedented or something, but usually it's just their own biased opinion. So anyway, he was one of those and, and he chose to just rule and his and based on that. It's like for me, for example, if I, if I had a um, KKK member whom was un, who was nonviolent if I were a judge and had a KKK member who was nonviolent, who hated black people, who hated Hispanic people and Asian people and every other race besides the white one, and hated gay people and hated Jews, uh, hated everybody that wasn't like him, uh, and he was, I don't know, standing in front of someone's house on the sidewalk or the street and, and, and holding a sign up that said um, white power, um, would I like that? Absolutely not. Would I want him to have the right to do that? No. But he has the right to do that, unfortunately. And so I would not r rule that he cannot do that if it is not illegal for him to do so. If he's not, you know, legally, if he's not somehow breaking the law, then there's no reason for me to put him in jail. So even if I wanted to personally put the man in prison or in jail for something that I find abhorrent, um, if the law says I can't because it's not, it's not the law, then I wouldn't. So, it, you know... That's that's the kind of judges that we need, you know, ones like me, obviously, <laughs> um, ones that will rule on things um, based on the the merits of the case and not based on their personal thoughts and decisions. And so um, it's really hard, I think, to find judges like that. I, I think that they're probably very few and far between and rare. And that's probably part of the problem with our justice system is that we have a bunch of of idiots, uh, not idiots, but assholes on the, on the bench who really just cannot fucking stand gay people or Republic or, or Democrats or, or whatever it might be, or women sometimes, whatever. And they, they, they rule accordingly, um, against, you know, according to their bias. So that's part of the problem. And there was a book, um, I started reading, oh, I can't remember. It's by Matt Taibbi. 
I think it's called The Great Divide. I think that's what it was called. And I have it in my iPad. I can't remember. I, haven't, I, I mean, I stuck read the sample. I was going to download it and buy it, but I haven't done it yet. Um, but it's called uh, The Great Divide. And Matt Taibbi writes for the Rolling Stone, or used to write for Rolling Stone. I think now he writes for New Yorker or something. I can't remember. But he's, you know, like my age. And he's... Um, He's very. He's always on like Bill Maher. If you've ever seen Bill Maher before, um, he's always on there and a lot, of, a lot of other shows. But anyway, he's a very intelligent guy, and he reports on Wall Street and how they kind of are in the justice system and things, and how they're kind of there's a huge divide in this country between black and white, between rich and poor, you know. And and this is not news to most people, and that it's growing, and between gay and straight, whatever. And, um, and this is just one, another example of that. So, so hopefully the, the, this, this will come out okay tomorrow, uh, and, and things will, will be changed here. You know, I live in Texas where same sex marriage is still considered illegal and considered, uh, and they do not recognize marriages from out of state. You know, my marriage to my husband, it was in Connecticut and we, uh, our marriage is not recognized by the state of Texas, even though it is now recognized federally by the IRS and by the federal government, et cetera. There are certain um, there are certain um, benefits you cannot get as a couple uh, from the federal government because they're state man they're state run or whatever. Uh, so, and also there's you know the things in the state that you want to have you know uh, recognition of your relationship by. So anyway. Uh, the good thing will be if this ever happens and it will happen. It's not if it's just a matter of time. You know, I've talked about this topic a million times on my show. Um, you know, I've had entire shows about it and, uh, guests talking about it. I think that it, 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 you know, I know that it's just a matter of time before the entire country right now we have 39 States, I think, or is it 30? Yeah, I think it's like 39 States. It's like 70% of the country now has gay marriage in, uh, you know, their particular States. And just, and that's over the, you know, we were just like 17 states just a year ago. Before that, we were like seven. And then before that, it was like four or five. So, I mean, it's just a matter of time. Um, and these people who are so anti-gay and just hate us so much that we are just, oh my God, we're just most, the hor- most horrible things on earth. I think that honestly, um, it's for them, they're just idiots. I mean, they're ignorant, obviously. But also, they're, as I've said before, products of their environment, and they are very scared or afraid that their way of life, as you want to put it that way, is going to change. And the funny thing is, you know, almost all, um, most, you know, majority of gay people were raised by by straight people and had a mother and a father to some, at some point in their lives and, and had them at some point as role models or whatever. And... And we were raised with the same kind of uh, morality or in the same kind of um, traditional beliefs in, in some regards as they were. And so for people to think that gays are so different than them doesn't compute or make sense because we are products of, of heterosexual people. Most of us are anyway. Some of us are products of gay people, but I mean, <laughs> a gay person and a lesbian who had artificial insemination or something in a surrogacy or whatever. But my point is you know, we are products of heterosexuality. And because of that, I mean, to think that we're so different than them doesn't make sense since we're raised by them anyway. Um, you know, our life is as gay people is completely, completely, um, normal. And it's no different really than a a, a typical heterosexual 
living their life every day. We honestly have the same dreams, the same hopes, the same fears, you know, basically as a heterosexual couple does. And so we want the same things, you know, we want a a house over our heads. We want to be safe. We want to have enough money in the bank to do what we want and what we need. And we want to have a family, most of us to some degree, if we don't want to have a family, want to have a career or whatever. We all want the same things because why? We're all human. So you know, if people would just stop looking at us in these divisive manners and stop, you know, start looking at us as, as uh, not just individuals, but as, as one uh, human race, and that applies across the board to homophobia, to transphobia, to um, racism, to anti-Semitism or, or religious zealotry or whatever. I mean, all of these things would be cured if we had a more global view, a more worldview instead of an, an I view or a me view, a view just about what, what I can get and about who and what I am and that's all that matters or what's immediately in front of me. Um, and that's the problem with the world. In my opinion, that's the main problem. <laughs> the world would not have... Most most wars would not occur if we had a, a worldview that, that way, if that were taught in schools, if that were taught in religious belief systems and, and people really thought of things <clears throat> as us as one, as one um, then it would change. And I've often said and thought that if we ever have aliens visit us or something or they make themselves known you know, publicly and they come down, I don't know, have a press conference or something. <laughs> Or, you know, it's just, it's just somehow unequivocally known that there are aliens out there and they're coming down, they're, they're visiting our, our, car, our uh, planet. That, that alone will bring us together as, as, as nations and as human beings because we will be, it'll be us against them or us on our side and trying to get to know them or whatever. So we're going to have to learn to do it eventually one way or the other. And it's just a matter of time. So I think people who do think that way, um, have a, have a much bigger heart and are typically liberal, by the way, not usually Republican or, you know, or conservative. And it's a big, a, a big, uh, it's not a lot to ask, but people seem to find it to be a lot to ask. Anyway, the other thing I was going to talk about before I go is, um, the trans teen Lila Alcorn. Um, she, um, was a trans teen, as I said, uh, male to female trans. And she actually, killed herself. You probably heard about the story already. Um, just days after Christmas. And, um, she said she wanted her death to mean something to the world. And the problem was that she had come out to her parents, I think a year or two before or something. And they had told her that it was unacceptable and and that they were, they did not take it well at all. And they, they forced her to go into conversion therapy one of those horrendous places where they try to make force your gay out essentially. <laughs> and, um, they also took all of her, <clears throat> took her off her Tumblr account and like Facebook and everything. She had no access to the internet or friends or anything like that. No phone, nothing. So they completely isolated her away from her entire life and everything that she had known. Um, so that they could somehow change her into something else. And, this is, you know, horrendous. I mean, it's a horrendous thing to do. That's the worst thing they could have done because it ended up in her death. I mean, I, I think the parents and some people have talked about this and I think the parents should be held accountable in some way for what they did to their daughter. And I'm sure that they probably are sad and, and, and crying and, and all those things that, that you feel as a result of your child dying, which I will probably never know. But I think that it's, um, 
you know, it's unfathomable that a parent would do that to their child in when they're in such a fragile state and when they, when what they need the most <clears throat> is, um, is their love and their acceptance they completely turn their backs on them and they isolate them. And so what else do you expect will happen? You think they're going to, Oh, just come out of the room one day. I'm straight. I'm hetero. Thank you so much, mom and dad for making me, for making me straight. You know, all of that tough love, quote unquote, really worked. Thanks so much. You know, I think it's really ridiculous. Um, and I, I, you know, if people would just fucking allow, people to be who and who and what they are, we wouldn't have this issue. The same thing, like I said, about humanity and people just looking at one another as human beings. Uh, if people would allow people to be themselves and stop trying to change them into what they think they should be, then there wouldn't be these kind of issues. There'd be so many fewer issues in the world. And it's just so, so annoying and tiring. The whole, just the way the world works, is just tiring. You know, I'm like, God, half the world is asleep, you know, they're not paying attention to their lives and how their, their lives and their actions affect people around them. Um, especially the ones that they love. Uh, and half the world recognizes it and is empathic and, or empathetic and actually can, can cares about how their actions affect others. And I think until, and I do, I'm not, I consider myself on the side that is empathetic and, and empathic and, and cares about what happens to other people in the world, especially when I cry about people I don't even know or whatever, when they die or whatever and stuff like that on TV or, or, you know, in reality or whatever. And I'm just like a, a sensitive person that way. And I care about human beings. Um, and my way is better. I'm sorry. It's not because I am that way. I say that it's because I know because the way I believe about these things doesn't cause harm the way everyone else believes and that about those things, the other half believe anyway, does. It causes people to kill themselves. It causes people to hate themselves or deny who they are or, you know, it's just obviously not good. So, you know, in my opinion, the way to see if something is good or evil, if you want to put it that way or, or, or worthy or unworthy or whatever is is how what the repercussions or the consequences of the actions of the pe people who are behaving towards the other person or the other thing uh, what are the consequences of their actions so if someone is is being kind and loving and caring and accepting and fulfilling someone's uh needs in terms of who they are they're going to be the result of that is going to be someone who is who feels fulfilled and loved and accepted and someone who's going to have confidence and someone who's going to go into the world and, and pass that along. Whereas on the other side of the, of the coin, if you have someone who is destructive and uh, filled with hatred and hate and just passing that along all the time to everyone they meet and consistently trying to hurt, hurt other people and, and harm people just because they can or because they want to, or it's, it's funny to them or because they're ignorant and they don't know any better or whatever the reason is, if they're spreading hatred and, and, um, um, what's the word? I don't want to use the word evil because that's connotations religious, but I can't think of another one. Um, spreading evil everywhere, then it is the, the end result is, is death and destruction and everything that's intended by hatred everything that's intended by it. And it's, um, it's, it's you're left with someone who's a shell of a human being um, because they haven't been able to get what they need from 
the other human beings around them. So it seems so simple to me. Yeah, just just to love each other and accept one another and and just be okay. I mean, it's not like you have to always get along with people and always like people. I'm not saying that it's like kumbaya, like that. That's a ridiculous thing to expect world peace in that sense. But I mean, what I mean is is if you you know pro- project uh, the positive in yourself and and around you, you're going to attract that, and you're also going to make a difference in people's lives in a positive manner. If you project hatred and you project um, disdain and so forth, you're going to project that to the people and you're going to probably get that back in return as well, ultimately. So, you know, I do believe what goes around comes around. If you want to call it karma, fine, but I think it's just about energy. And if you put energy out there that's good, positive, great, comes back to you. If you put energy out there that's bad, negative, and horrendous, that comes back to you as well. So why not just be a good person? and help people instead of trying to hurt people, you know? And that, that applies to parents of gay kids as well, or trans kids whom are just trying to be themselves who are coming to into their own. And that's the other thing. And parents always, not always, a lot of parents oftentimes will want their children to be mirror images of themselves or to have done what they didn't do. And both of those things may not be appropriate for that kid. You know, they may actually need something completely different because Why? They're a completely different human being. They have their own mind, their own soul, their own, their own emotional state and mental state. And they don't think, they're not the same person. <laughs> they have different life experiences and all of those things have shaped them into someone else. So to actually, to actually make someone be in your own image or try to is um, abusive. And so I think these parents, in my opinion, were should be charged with neglect and, and also, uh, you know, emotional neglect and with emotional abuse and, um, should maybe even go to jail. I mean, I know that's, that sounds really harsh, but how long do you allow people to destroy their children just because they're different because, because they're gay or lesbian or bi or transgender or intersexed or whatever, whatever it might be, queer, whatever they may be how long do you allow the parents of these children to get by with it? It's been going on for centuries and yet there really are no repercussions. Um, you know, and I don't understand why that is. If you, if you are the source of the person's death, uh, and, or their sorrow and their, um, you know, their, their cloud that hangs over them every day, then I think that you should be removed. They should be removed from your care. And, it, the, pro- the problem is, how do you figure out that this is going on beforehand unless the kid tells somebody, you know? Um, but I think something should happen to these parents. I think they should be held accountable. And um, I don't think that the sadness they're feeling is punishment enough. That's what I think. So, well, that's all I have to say for tonight's show. I'll be back tomorrow for show seven of show of 2015's 365 day shows in a row. I'll be back tomorrow and I thank you for listening to the show and I'll talk to you then. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. 
Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 